Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Abuan Chronicles podcast. This is one of your hosts, Ikran, and today I'm joined by a friend uh, named Fadumo Warsame. She's a Alamiya student at Qalam Seminary in Dallas, Texas, and a research admin at Yaqeed Institute, and she's originally from Minneapolis, Minnesota. So thank you so much, Fadumo, for joining us today. No problem. Well, joining me today, actually. <laughs> I realize it's just me. Thank you for joining me. No problem. No problem at all. Um, I'm really honored to have been invited by you guys to come on this podcast and just talk to y'all. Alhamdulillah, I've really appreciated listening to the Aban uh, Chronicles podcast in the past. So I really do appreciate you guys. No, thank you so much, first of all, for agreeing to join me. I felt like this would be the perfect type of episode to have you on for. I know you do uh, weekly halaqas during Ramadan and they're also insightful. I've joined one of them and I mm-hmm. loved it. And I've wanted to join more. And every time I'm like at my cousin's house for iftar. And <laughs> we're just always so busy. I haven't had a chance to join. But I, I've only heard great things about it. And it just felt really relevant to kind of have you join us for this episode. So Jazakallah Khairan for agreeing to do it, especially on such short notice. But to get into the actual topic, before we get into that, actually, how has your Ramadan been so far? You know, um, Alhamdulillah, thank you so much for asking. Ramadan uh this year i think for me has been going uh, pretty well actually uh i know in the past i always like to look back at my previous ramadans and think about like how i feel and you know sometimes mm-hmm. i'll feel like really sad or i'll feel like bummed out that i didn't do as much as i wanted to or um like for example last ramadan i was so upset with just kind of how i did uh, my quote unquote mm-hmm. performance in the months, mm-hmm. you know, but this year I feel like I've really been enjoying just the whole month, like literally from the beginning to the end. Uh, well, we're not at the end yet, but um, yeah. just kind of, yeah, it's, it's been going really well. Alhamdulillah. So I'm really grateful for that. Alhamdulillah. That's so good to hear. How about you? For me, I like, it's always hard because I always set, like, I always see you need to set like realistic goals for yourself. Mm-hmm. But I always somehow set really, really big lofty goals that I cannot reach. And then I always kind of feel bummed out that I haven't reached it. But yeah. when I compare like this Ramadan to last Ramadan, I would say this one's definitely um, way better. Um, and I have done a lot. It's just, again, I have like unrealistic goals. Yeah. I- I'd actually take it back. They're not unrealistic. They're just unrealistic to how my work and my days are set out so it used to be realistic for me when like when I lived in the UAE I didn't have work during Ramadan so I was able to do so many things and so I think ever since I've moved to Canada like I always compare my Ramadans here to my Ramadans there because I just was able to accomplish so much Mm -hmm. and here like because I'm working or school I'm not able to as much so I always I'm always like at the back of my mind comparing myself to those times, right. but it's not fair to myself to do that. So alhamdulillah, like I'd say it's gone great, good so far. And inshallah, like for the last 10 days, I do hope that, you know, it gets better. And I just kind of am able to focus more on ibadah. Inshallah. So that's kind of where I'm at. But um, the topic of this episode, like when I was reaching out to you, was to talk about how we can kind of remain consistent beyond Ramadan, right? Because as Ramadan approaches, we always plan for what we're going to do. And then during Ramadan, we focus on all the ibadahs we plan to do and things like that. But 
like it's always hard to kind of consistently do them post them alone like at least for myself i always find that you know the certainties that i was doing i'm kind of falling off and then gradually you kind of forget what your goals were during ramadan and then you know next ramadan comes and you pick back up you try to pick those habits back up again right mm-hmm. and so like what i wanted to talk to you today was like what are some good ways we can kind of set ourselves up even like for the last 10 days or whatever the days are or whenever we release this but how do we set ourselves up to continue like the momentum post ramadan that's a beautiful question and it's really important obviously that we kind of discuss this while we're still in ramadan because i could feel like a lot of times we get really anxious or overwhelmed um at the end of ramadan like uh, i think it was last year um, I don't want to say I had the worst <laughs> Ramadan of my life. I feel like that'd be a bit of an exaggeration, but, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't easy, you know, for, for obviously for several reasons, for obvious reasons with, um, COVID, not being able to go mm-hmm. to the masjid, you know, feeling, um, uh, being literally socially distant from everyone, but yeah, then also that, you know, that whole disconnection. Um, and then also mm-hmm. obviously that affects us spiritually as well, too. And, um, I feel like even though I didn't feel like I had the best Ramadan, I still at the end of Ramadan felt very sad at the departure of Ramadan, right? Um, and, and felt like, man, I really missed out, you know? Oh, mm-hmm. I really, really missed out. I wish I did better and, you know, obviously had regrets. And all, all I was doing was sitting there thinking, well, what can I do now? Right. And, that's a beautiful um realization to have because obviously yeah. during the month of Ramadan Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that the goal of Ramadan is to attain this thing that's called taqwa right Co- consciousness mm-hmm. of god piety is often translated as right um which is awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right um, Allah yeah. says that fasting has been prescribed for us as it's been prescribed for those who came before us so that we may attain that. And, you know, after Ramadan, we can ask ourselves, well, how am I going to get to a point where I can attain piety? Right. And mm-hmm. I think the first step we have to take, um, in trying to live out Ramadan outside of Ramadan is understanding that you know, the intensity at which we go hard during the month of Ramadan, um, from, for a lot of people is not realistic outside of Ramadan, right? <laughs> like people are reading several edges at during Ramadan. Like there's so much barakah in this month, right? Allah mentions, right? The blessings of the month of Ramadan. Um, and the Prophet والسلام, also, um, makes us aware of this as well. And so understanding that Ramadan is this training ground for the rest of our lives. It helps us to prepare to be the best people that we can possibly be. And part of that preparation is understanding, okay, I'm going to work on something, whatever it is, whatever it is that I was doing during Ramadan, how can I then implement this thing in my life, right? You talked about lofty goals earlier. And I remember like being a kid and, you know, being taught smart goals, right? You know how there's those things that just stick with you the rest of your, like your whole life. Like there's so many things that I feel like I remember from like elementary school, but smart goals were like uh, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-based, right? But for me, 
the three that I think are the most important are like specific, measurable, and attainable. And when it comes to setting these type of goals, because when you are planning for goals outside of Ramadan that you want to continue on, you can't allow yourself to set goals and then just like never follow through with them, right? You have to kind of be aware that this is a part of this bigger plan to attain taqwa like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has asked us like to do and to and to come closer to him through. I think that's one way. The second way I think is also by asking Allah for help, right? Um we a lot of times set like we you mentioned these goals um and you know in a way kind of leave Allah out of the picture. I know it sounds yeah. blasphemous to say, but it's like I'm going to you know, pray my day, daily five salawats for, you know, for maybe for someone who, uh, has struggled with that, right? Or maybe I'm going to fast, um, once a week. Or maybe I'm going to try to be more charitable by giving sadaqah, right? Um, yeah. and, and these are all wonderful goals. But Allah or the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know, taught us that when we are you know, uh, doing these good things, the best thing that we can do is ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his help in helping us doing the, to do these things, yep. right? Um, there's a dua, it's one of my favorite duas. Um, Allahumma a'inni ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik. Oh Allah, help me, <laughs> right? We're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his help in salah mm-hmm. every day, you know, Fatiha, we say, um, you know, to you alone, O oh Allah, do we worship and to you uh, alone, do we ask for help? So we're quite literally asking Allah for his help in helping us to do these acts of worship. And so, you know, obviously they're not easy. If, if you are struggling any of these deeds to be more consistent in them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one to whom we should always definitely keep in mind and always ask. So asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us in remembering him. Um, I don't think I translated the dua, but Allahumma a'inni ala dhikrika, to remember you, wa shukrika, and to be grateful to you, wa husna ibadatik, and to do the best of deeds, right? I want your help, O oh Allah. And why would Allah ever turn, you know, us away when we're asking mm-hmm. for help in doing those things? And then there's like the very, I don't want to say easy, but like they kind of make sense, right? So we're leaving Ramadan a month where we have fasted every single day, right? For the, for the most part. Um, and it's really easy, right? Uh, I don't want to say it's easy for everyone, but you know, there's such, there is such a thing as communal motivation, right? Like everybody's yeah. doing it yep. and, and you just feel like, Oh my God, I can definitely do it. Same thing with Salah. You probably are maybe can't at home pray for longer than two or four rakahs, but all of a sudden when you're in the masjid, you can just pray the mm-hmm. entire tarawih, right? It's like, it's, it's, it's a real motivation. And that's the beauty also in praying together and, and fasting together. Well, then we're going to, you know, outside of Ramadan, that kind of, um, participation or just being in that kind of, uh, community or maybe it's gone, right? Tarawih has no longer prayed in the masajid. And then same thing goes with, um, fasting. Like obviously not everyone is fasting at the same time. So the Prophet Muhammad tells us that, you know, um, one of the best deeds to do is to fast the six days after Shawwal, right? Um, because the person who fasts the six days after Shawwal, it's as if they fasted for the entire year. Um, and the quick math <laughs> of this is that, you know, um, 30 days of Ramadan 
And then there's six days after Shawwal. That's 36 days if you fast the entire month in those six days. And then, you know, we know that deeds are multiplied up to 10 times. So that's 360. It's like an entire year, right, of fasting. And yeah. so the Prophet Muhammad knowing that we're coming out of this month completely rejuvenated, completely motivated, is like, you know, keep up that momentum and fast these six days as they are going to, um, you know, it's as if you fasted an entire year, right? So you're getting the reward of fasting for an entire year. Um, yeah. Same thing with Salah, right? So after after the month of Ramadan, Salah can be challenging because uh, obviously you're no longer maybe praying in the masjid. You know, maybe some people were going to pray their five daily Salawat there. Uh, I know uh, those who do Etikaf, you're in the masjid, right? During those last 10 nights of Ramadan, maybe um, mm-hmm. Taraweeh, you're just kind of killing it. Like you're, you're there every single night, but it's like you lost that motivation. Well, what can you do? Well, first and foremost, obviously we focus on Salah your five daily salawats, right? Like making sure that those are consistent outside of Ramadan, right? For the entire year, because that is our connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so if I'm doing excellent in Ramadan, then that excellency or that excellent performance in Ramadan is going to help and help me, you know, work on my salah outside of Ramadan. You really touched on so many different points, mashallah. Like, I, I, I think I needed that. Like, that was something that I needed for my soul. Like, especially when you're talking about making dua for Allah to make it easy for us. I think it, it's like everything in life, right? We think we can do it on our own until we realize, okay, I can't. And then, you know, we go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But why why wait till that point, right? Like, why wait till we realize we can't do it? Why not just ask Allah from the beginning? Because ultimately, Allah is the one who helps us achieve all everything that we achieve in life. So I think, like, that was really something that I think is really overlooked and not taken into consideration of just asking Allah to make it easy for us. That's something that I try to consistently remind myself of, like, asking Allah, like, making dua that Allah makes, you know, actions easy for me and makes Go, being closer to him easy for me because you know like a lot of the times we want to do ibadahs and we want to pick up actions and ibadahs that are often difficult for us to do right right so asking a lot to help us and make it easy for us and you know like there's a dua that i love saying it's uh, i think i'm saying it correctly but well i ask for your love and the love of whom you love and love of the actions that you love yeah. and so I, I love that dua because I want to love the actions that bring me closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is the only way like unless Allah like unless Allah puts the love of those actions in your heart and the hate yeah. for what he hates in your heart like it's not something that we'll be able to kind of fight on our own and yeah. like the sooner I think we recognize that and the sooner we realize that we'll be all the better for it right yeah you know it's actually funny you say that I was listening to this uh lecture the other day and basically the sheikh he was talking about leaving off sin and mm-hmm. you know obviously like what are tips for people to leave off sin right um because that's also something people struggle with outside of Ramadan right Ramadan yeah it's it's like super easy to stop you know certain sins or you know you're just more mindful right like you're so mindful yeah. during ramadan um and that's the and you're tired of ramadan yeah you're yeah there you go you're literally too tired to like <laughs> do, try to do anything else <laughs> yeah you are you absolutely are and um it's 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 really beautiful because uh obviously you know the prophet you know there's the hadith of jibril where you know, Jibreel alayhi salam comes to him and asks him what's Islam, what's Iman, 
what ihsan and when he answers what ihsan is he says an ta'bud Allah ka'annaka tara fa in lam takun tara fa innahu yarak that you know you worship Allah is as if you see him and if you can't see him then you know that he sees you right and obviously during Ramadan we're aware like super aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's presence in our lives right and in everything that we do and um without going too far uh, off the edge <laughs> to back to what i was saying about my or about the the sheikh he was saying that um leaving off sins he said that you know people sometimes do self-imposed uh penalties on themselves right so like if i commit the sin I will do this. Like, you know, people have swear jars, like, oh, I'm going to put, you know, if I swear, I'm going to do this, whatever. Um, So he was saying that, you know, these are all good. Like, he's like, these are great ways to kind of get people to stop sinning and stop, you know, certain habits that they have, negative habits. But he says there is, it's going to continue to happen until what? And I think like someone responded in the audience and they're like, until the person hates the sin, right? Like, until you actually have such a dislike or a disdain for that act or for that habit that you have or whatever it is, yeah, it's going to continue to happen, right? Like it's going to mm-hmm. keep happening. Um, you have to quite literally hate the sin in your heart. And that's the yep. beauty in, you know, asking Allah to grant us the love for the things he loves. We're also obviously like asking, we might not be saying it, but we're also asking Allah, Ola, you know, take the love out of our hearts for the things that you don't love, right? Yeah. And the things that you don't love are those things that are, you know, bad habits or sinful things, right? And Allah mentions some of them in the Quran, but we also are aware, right? Like, um, as the Prophet ﷺ says, al-ithma ma'haka fi nafsin. Ithm, like, is what doesn't settle with your heart, right? Like, we know what is wrong and what is not pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa yeah. ta'ala. And so, yeah, I just thought that was really cool. Um, what he mentioned and it's, it's, it's real, right? Like it's really real. We have to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make those things that are really put placing a barrier, uh, between us and him, um, distasteful to us and not beloved in our eyes. Yeah. And what better way to do that than literally to make dua against it? Because there's mm-hmm. literally only so much power we have against it. And, you know, knowing that, you know, when you give something up uh, for the sake of Allah, like how pleased he'll be with you, that's, you know, there's nothing mm-hmm. else like that. And it's so hard, like sometimes when you're when you're planning, trying to give up a sin and you just love it so much and you just kind of, you know, and sometimes you can't even fathom, like can't even imagine a world in which you're not doing that because you're so used to it and it's part of your whether it's a sin or just something that's not liked in islam like or wasting time things that you just love doing and you know you just can't imagine like i could never give this up like there's no way i could give it up but knowing that when you say that you're literally saying I could never give it up for Allah. Like, I could never give it up for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's so depressing for anyone to even think because it's like, how could you say that you are not willing to give up something from your Lord who created you? Like, if you're, if you think about it, like, if your parents ask, leave, uh, give this up for me and, you know, like, to tell them, you know, I could never, ever do this for you, like, ever, like, leave me alone. You know, knowing that that's, Mm -hmm. like, something that, they've asked you to do and you're kind of rejecting that from them so like how can at least open your heart to it and like trying to do it and doing your best as opposed to 
you know, saying you would, you could never do it. And there are a lot of things that we're so accustomed to in life that, that we think we can never give up. But wallahi, that mindset will only get you so far. And like the only way I think is to make dua that Allah puts the hatred of it in our hearts <laughs> and removes I mean. the love for it. <laughs> But um, going back to um, the fact that, you know, after Ramadan, being able to set goals, um, I there was I had a class actually this weekend and um, we all had to like talk about different points about like different different points. And my uh, my point was to talk about scheduling your ibadah. And it was mm-hmm. so interesting because I had never I had never thought about that thought before about ever. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. like, I never thought about it, and I had to present it, and I was like, oh, like, I feel like this is so hypocritical of me because I don't actually do this, and I don't know how to do it, and then I actually started looking into it because, like, I have to talk about it, and I have to be the one who's talking about this, and so I looked into it, and then it really, realizing that, um, th- that was a point for Ramadan, and uh, most importantly, beyond Ramadan but scheduling your abad is not something that I ever thought about and I think about how I schedule everything in my life like everything has to be in my calendar everything is like you know like I go to work at this time I come back at this time this is what I do this is you know and not having ever thought of scheduling my abadah when I feel like you know I'm I have a busy life is really something that that really made me think a lot and it was great that Mm -hmm. I got to do it um because I got to like kind of reflect on that and something that I I definitely want to incorporate I know it might it might sound like oh you're programming your day and your ibadah and it just seems so technical and where's Mm -hmm. the spiritual part in it right but subhanallah um you know there's actually a precedence for this in our like tradition about actually not necessarily scheduling because obviously like you know but there's an idea of like having a daily wird right and a wird is like you know your your, um daily portion of whatever it is that you're doing in fact Mm. a wird was something like uh uh, like technically like the daily um amount of water a person would need to survive so if you think about that in terms of spirituality right we need um our spirituality keep us alive, right? Yeah. Um, like spirit, our, our tasbih is what brings, uh, life to a dead heart, remembering Allah, right? Yeah. The, the, the likelihood or the likeliness or like the similitude. Uh, these are all like words to just kind of like tell you the comparing yeah. two different things, but, um, comparing, you know, a person who remembers Allah and a person who doesn't remember Allah, it's quite literally like our Prophet Ali Sallam said, like the living and the dead, right? Yeah. Because remembering God and being in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings life to somebody's heart. And so a wird is something that traditionally people would figure out, like what, how much Quran do I need to recite a day, right? How much tasbih will I do? How much istighfar? How much salawat will I do? How much Quran will I read? Um, I think I might have mentioned that already. How much, how, mm-hmm. how many nawafil, uh, sunan salahs am I going to pray? Uh, am I going to give charity on a daily basis, on a weekly basis? And if you look at our religion, you know, it's so beautiful. You look at every aspect, whether it's a daily, whether it's a monthly, whether it's a weekly, whether it's a quarterly, whether it's an annually, there's yeah. always something to keep us on our toes, right? So we look at on a daily basis, we have our day, five daily salawat, right? They, every day we have these prayers that are bringing us, you know, back into, uh, like putting us in check, like remember God, right? God is greater than whatever it is that you're doing. And that serves as a reminder of the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and 
what the purpose of our life is about, right? So a person is in the remembrance of God when they are honoring their prayer. And you can count other, you know, daily salawat, daily tasbih, daily dhikr, daily istighfar, all that stuff um, as a part of a daily thing. Weekly, we have, you know, the fasting um, that is a sunnah fast, right? Mondays and Thursdays. And you look at that as something that was practiced by the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, right? He would fast on those days. And so that is an also another way on a weekly basis that a person can come close to Allah and remember him through fasting, abstaining from things that normally we would have access to. And this, and, and you can also say the same thing for Jum'ah Salah, right? <laughs> Jum'ah Salah yeah. is a way for Muslims to come together and remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on Friday to be in the company of other believers, to pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's our day, quite literally, right? Yeah. Um, on a monthly basis, you have the three white days that come every month. That was the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's uh, sunnah to also fast. He um, told his companions that this is something you should never leave, right? Like you, you should definitely fast these three white days, which is the 13th, 14th, and 15th of every lunar month. Um, and then you can also, again, factor in many other monthly things, right? Like some people have, um, things that they like to do every single month. Uh, maybe you can factor in if, if, if you are giving sadaqa, um, uh, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, you can factor those type of things in, right? Yeah. Um, when you look at something that happens, uh, once a year, there are things like Ramadan. There's things like Hajj, right? There's days like Yomul Arafah which is a day that we fast as believers, but those who obviously are at Hajj, they're on, they're at Arafah. Um, we have so many, uh, days, Ashura, like we're mm-hmm. fasting, we're remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? And they come with each of those days, like so many benefits and so many blessings, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us so many opportunities to get close to Him. And Hajj is also an annual thing, but it's it's a very much a lifetime thing for someone too, right? Like mm-hmm. a, for many, once in a lifetime opportunity, and you know that is another conversation for another time. But like really, how Allah in every single one of these ritual acts of worship has there's a way we can sh- get closeness to Him, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it brings us back to this idea of, you know. This is actual, this is practical and active spirituality, right? Um, yeah. we, you know, outside of Ramadan, it's easy to fall into a very passive spirituality. And obviously this is not to judge anyone or to, you know, point fingers at anybody but myself, really. But it's easy to fall into kind of a routine, right? It's easy to just go to the masjid and just stand in prayer and, you know, pray. Obviously you're, it, this doesn't take away from your reward at all, right? But it's easy to fall into that passive because everyone else is doing it, right? It's, it's easy to just be fast all day. Maybe you're sleeping all day or you're just kind of like, you know, whatever it is, honestly. But it's easy to fall in a very passive. Again, it's not like I'm not trying to say that like you're it's free or you're not getting any reward or anything like that. But what mm-hmm. I'm saying is that Islam promotes an active spirituality, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mm-hmm. calls on us to practice our faith actively right renewing our faith regularly and when you think about um ramadan ramadan is an opportunity for us to recharge and refuel 
for the re- remaining 11 months. Because obviously we have, like you mentioned, to deal with shaitan, <laughs> to deal with our own hearts and, and the shar, uh, and the evil that it contains, right? And the evil of like, societal pressure, um, other people in our lives who may or may not be good influences on us. So mm-hmm. it's it, Ramadan is serving as this like place of renewing all of us and, and, and really um, kind of powering up or leveling up so that when we are outside of Ramadan, we can definitely um, be active. But the one thing I will say is that it's very difficult to be active in your spirituality if you are not aware of who, like, where you're at. If you are not somebody who's deeply aware of your own nafs and your condition and who you are. If you haven't asked yourself the true questions, the deep questions that, I mean, I will be honest, it wasn't until I was like, maybe a couple years ago, right? Um, mm-hmm. that I was like, asking myself these really serious questions about like who I am, what, what am I, wh- what do I seek from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? The, the things that I'm struggling with spiritually, like the sins that I'm struggling with, or, you know, the things that I want to get better at, like really asking myself the real questions, like, how are you, Fatima, going to get better? You know? And a lot of times we mm-hmm. don't do that. We, we're really good at just kind of breezing through our spiritual life, um, like as a, as a passenger seat in our spirituality and the reality is is that we're in the driver's seat we have to ask ourselves these questions you know that hopefully can bring us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you know also gives us that level of accountability where I can check myself like we I mentioned earlier like last year I mean obviously I'm not I'm not um putting myself down or or trying to you know, uh, shame my, la- my Ramadan last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Alhamdulillah, Allah, you know, gave me the privilege to live through that Ramadan and I did the best that I can. And, and it's, it's, it's a great opportunity to be here in this Ramadan and, and show gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for allowing me. But if I didn't learn anything from last year, I mean, what good would this Ramadan be? Right. If I wasn't really trying to strive to do better this year, then what am I telling Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala about the privilege he gave me? that, you know, maybe someone else did not get. Wow. When you speak about especially the active and passive, it just, it really stood to me because it's like you get used to doing certain, like certain things become habitual, like you just do them like praying, right? Sometimes you just forget Mm -hmm. that. Sometimes it's just passive, like subhanAllah, like I'm thinking about, um, you know, it's part of your day, it's part of your routine, like any other thing, right? And then sometimes you don't give it what you're supposed to give it because it became part of your passive ibadah where it's something that you know you need to do and you do it, but how much of that is active and being attentive. And so that definitely uh, made me reflect a lot on that part. Yeah, it's but tough. Yeah. It's really tough. Yeah, especially with Salah. I mean, you, I, I can't tell you how many times I've prayed and then just at the end of my salah, I'm like, what did I just read? You know, like, yeah. and it's, a, it's so, I mean, it's, it's a real thing. And I wouldn't be saying it if it wasn't a real struggle. Right. I mean, that's yeah. a part of my growth to myself and, you know, goals that I've made my, for myself is that, okay, I'm going to be honest with myself. Right. I'm not going to just pretend like I'm, I'm doing awesome because I'm praying my five salawat. No, I'm trying my best to, to up those five salawats, right? I'm trying to yeah. up my remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and, and seeking forgiveness from him that I'm not just talking the talk, right? Like I'm actually doing, um, 
I thought about that. Uh, what's his name? Dr. Umar. Like, I'm putting in the work. 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 That's like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm putting in the work. I'm doing my best. Right. But, um, yeah, it, it, it really requires a lot of humility. (laughs) It requires a lot of patience. You know, you cannot be a proud, arrogant person when you are really talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala about where how you can do better right because the arrogant person is mm-hmm. never going to grow right prideful person is never yeah. going to admit to their faults so we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it easy for yeah. all of us and you have to be self-aware yeah oh yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. then like if you don't even recognize that you know what you're doing needs work then how are you going to even change so i think it's definitely uh part of the process of recognizing where your faults lie and kind of working to yeah. improve it and um, I think, right. yeah, I think a lot of what you said, re- like to me, I'm just like, wow, that's a lot. I have to work on a lot, but it's always good to like kind of hear it and kind of use that and to implement yeah. it because, you know, humans, we're forgetful, right? And, um, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of be, we constantly need to be reminded, <laughs> constantly need yeah. to like, you know, reassure ourselves and go back to it. So hearing that, Wallahi has been just like the wake up call, like, okay. Come on, you need to be more active in your salah, literally. Mm-hmm. And it's Ramadan, like, uh, it's the last 10 yeah. days. When are we going to get this again? We don't know, right? We don't know if we're going to make it to you the don't. next Ramadan. We don't know if we're going to make it to tomorrow, right? And uh, I was going to say, like, I mean, the, and it, it works to Shaytan's um, pleasure, too, right? Like, he he loves that we forget because in our forgetfulness, he definitely takes advantage of that and makes us more, um, I guess, ungrateful, right? Mm-hmm. Cause, um, sometimes we feel like, man, Allah didn't answer my du'as. Like, I really have been praying to Allah for this long and I haven't gotten X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, what about all the other times that you have, like all the things that you have now that you made du'a to Allah at one point Literally, and he yeah. gave it to you. And even more so like the times that you didn't even make du'a to Allah, but he's blessed you with so much, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, doesn't yeah. that require some level of gratitude? Yeah. And oh my gosh. Well, humans, we're so ungrateful. Like, we're so, we're so <laughs> forgetful. We're so ungrateful. Like, we're just all the, all these qualities, subhanAllah. And Shaitan, when you mentioned Shaitan, oh my gosh. We're like, we have a Boan book club and we're reading, um, the lives of the prophets. And mm-hmm. it's just, Shaitan, oh my god, like just reading the story <laughs> of Adam meddling in every, every, everyone's business since Literally, like the beginning of creation. <laughs> this, uh, this Shaitan, wallahi, it's like the most apparent enemy of ours, like that we know is our op, like he is. Yeah, <laughs> our clear enemy. Like, there's no number one. Clear there's no enemy. doubt. There's no nothing. It says in the Quran. He says he will lead us astray. He will be waiting for us. He will misguide all of us. Mm-hmm. And when we on the day of judgment try to say, you know, Shaitan said this, he gonna be like, no. It was all y'all. <laughs> yeah, and it's just. We read it, we see it through the Prophet's stories, especially Adam salam, when he misguided him and Adam, the way he like was tormenting him. When we think about the shaitan as our clear enemy, I think like for me, it inspires me. Like whenever I feel like doing something that I, I know I shouldn't be doing and I just think, oh, this would make the shaitan so happy. Don't do it. Right. <laughs> That's like right. one of the things yeah. that like <laughs> motivates me to not do those things. SubhanAllah, because 
now that he's locked up, you can feel, I, I don't know, I feel like light mm-hmm. and I don't know. But yeah. I, I went off track, but there was something that I did want to mention about Daz. There's this book mm-hmm. that uh, one of our book club members, Shada Ahmad, posted in um, one of our Discord rooms. And it was like this Dua book, and it's really cool. I'm going to put actually link the descri- the link the book in the um, the description or whatever. But it had one part, and it was a quote from Umar bin Khattab. And it was, I do not worry about my Dua being answered. Rather, I worry about making Dua because I know that if I'm inspired by Allah to make Dua, the answer will follow. And that was yeah. really like wow because it's so true sometimes you think about it and you're like it's so hard to make dua like why am i just not like stopping everything i'm doing yeah. and making dua for everything that i want right now why am i not doing it and it made me think about you know like allah invites who he wants to pray qiyam allah who he invites who he wants to go to hajj and allah invites who he wants to make dua towards him and it's it really made me think about how sometimes these actions are so difficult, even though it's like right there. Like, you know, you can get up and you can just do it, yeah. but you're not. And it's because yep. you were not inspired by Allah to do it. And if you are inspired by Allah to do it, then why would Allah make you, like inspire you to do it and then not be willing to accept it? And so exactly. that was something that exactly. was... Exactly, yeah. Allah Allah loves these things that we do because at the end of the day, not only is he the one inspiring us to do them, but... They're actions that he loves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, making dua, praying salah, right? Showing gratitude to him. They're all things that he's inspiring us to do. And so, um, I remember hearing, uh, there's this hadith of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that says, um, that, you know, uh, pray to Allah or make dua to Allah uh, while you are like completely certain he's going to answer you. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. That is a pillar of like making dua. You have to be certain that Allah is going to answer you. Why? Because Allah says in the Quran, call upon me. I will respond to you. Yeah. So when we are kind of like a little maybe impatient with the answer of Allah, maybe it's because we're looking through our own like human eyes trying to find an answer when you know, the answer is in the hands of Allah, right? Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all knowing, all wise, all encompassing. And of course he knows what's the best, um, what's the best outcome for all of us. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is that we are limited. I don't know what's the best outcome for me after what I made dua. Obviously Allah has promised an answer for me, but is that answer the answer that I'm looking for? You know, mm-hmm. and if it's not the answer that I'm looking for, then how do I feel about that? Well, I mean, I hope that I feel content knowing that because I know these, you know, uh, these attributes of my Allah, like that he is the most wise, he is the most knowledgeable, he is the all-knowing. And so all of these things are going to inform me in how I respond to my dua, quote-unquote, maybe not being answered in the way that I thought it was going to be answered, and mm-hmm. help me to kind of appreciate alhamdulillah ya allah i know that you know best and i accept your i accept your decision because your decision is ultimately the best decision yep and it's key to always ask allah like it's always good to ask allah to make you content with whatever the answer whatever the answer is too you know just you know you're making die anyways might as well put all your all your da's <laughs> all at once like Absolutely. why limit yourself Absolutely. literally but Fatima, i think we've covered for the most, actually, not almost, but everything we wanted to cover. Um, 
Jazakallahu khairan for joining me tonight and kind of going over this. I think this has been very much eye-opening for me. Um, wallahi, I, I can't tell you. I, I'm glad we got to do this now. You know, tonight is the 21st night. I get to go into the next 10 days kind of keeping these all these things in mind and trying to make the most of my next 10 days and beyond Ramadan, inshallah. And so, yeah, Jazakallah Khairan for joining me. I was going to say us again, but me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I'm really grateful to have been, you know, able to talk to you, uh, talk with you about just kind of trying to live Ramadan, right? Like uh, live our best lives outside of Ramadan and become closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us that ability to practice all the things that we've began or continued during Ramadan and that we continue to walk towards him even if we fall even if we slip that we continue um and we practice uh, a very active spirituality uh, or a very active spiritual lifestyle and- I mean I mean so Fatima do you want to share your socials with everybody and we'll also put it in the description but um yeah yeah no problem so it's actually kind of funny my um I saw this like tweet that's a explain your at name. Um, so my name is Fadma, obviously, but my nickname has always been Faye, F-A-E. And, um, dub is for my last name, Warsame, which is a W, but I live in Dallas or I moved to Texas for school and, uh, in the South, everyone says W. Like, I don't know if you guys, are George oh. W. Bush. yeah. So basically I was like, Oh, why not just make it W? So it's like Faye W. So it's F-A-E-D-U-B. Ya, and that's both on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Fantastic! So that's how they will find you, inshallah, if anyone wants to connect. But again, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me, and inshallah, may Allah make the rest of your Ramadan as beneficial as possible, and to everyone listening to this as well. And may Allah allow us to continue to stay steadfast on His path um, for the rest of time. Um, I mean, I mean, and um, yeah, okay. Sorry, come.